0: constantly reminding you of his faithfulness he's constantly reminding you of his provision to stop and look around what has God given to you to remind you of his generosity and his kindness just think about it if you think about it I mean it's it's a beautiful beautiful picture to see what God's done you know, sometimes you know i I wonder if you know later on you know i 'll be praying to God and complaining about something that happened to me or something, and I just sometimes imagine God just responding to me like this oh yeah jeremy that that's that that is bad yeah that, that is frustrating, yeah, I know you went through that difficulty uh, you know you know or maybe maybe i 'm having this conversation let 's let 's move away from God, maybe i 'm having this conversation when I finally get to heaven and i 'm talking to you know Peter or someone And i 'm like you know, hey, it was rough. You know, man, I, I went through this. I went through that and everything. And then he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that, that is pretty bad, man. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, yeah, when did that happen? I'm like, man, that was, uh, let me see the year. Oh, that was 2022. Yeah, that was pretty rough. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. W- wasn't that the year you went to Hawaii? You know? Thanks, Peter. You know? But he's right. He's right, yeah. I mean, w- w- God has given us so much, so much blessing that we just do not deserve. You don't have to go to a, a trip or, or something like that to see that. Daily food. How many people are struggling with that? He says, rejoice. I commend joy. Be joyful. So what are you allowing to rob you of your joy today? I want you to wrestle with that question. What is it that you're saying? Okay, I am not happy or I am not joyful right now because of this. And then what I want you is I want you to look at this. I want you to read these words. I can enjoy. That's the solution. That's wise living in life under the sun, in the presence of sin, the wicked. So while the wicked scheme against God and His church, we gather to celebrate, right? This is why we're here today. We're here because we have something to celebrate, my friends. Right? We have something to celebrate. And so, so this, this, and what celebration is not complete without something to eat? Right? Right? When you get together to celebrate, you're always you're having cake or something like this. We get together. We got something to eat. Even God's given us something to look forward to and to celebrate here. I commend joy. So one of the things I hope and I pray every Sunday that when we gather together and there's a time for a bunch of different emotions and things like that during a worship service, but my prayer, my prayer is that we find joy every Sunday together here in our singing and at the table here in our conversations with one another and of course, in the word. Worship, or excuse me, wisdom under the sun joy. I got to go through a couple more. The next word I told you to remember is acceptance. Okay, this is um, uh, verses 16 into chapter 9. Okay, so verse 16 of chapter 8, when I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, how neither day nor night do, do one's eyes see sleep. Then I saw all the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. Verse 1 of chapter 9, But all this I laid to my heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hands of God, whether it is love or hate. Man does not know. Both are before him. Acceptance. Accept the limitations of God wisdom. Accept the limitations of this life. We will drive ourselves crazy if we insist that we have to figure out every nuance about why things happen. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, this has been over the last, I would say, decade or so, a freeing thing for me to be able to say, I don't know. Okay? To be able to say, I, I don't are, or I don't have enough information to have an opinion on that. Okay. All right. I mean, how many times do you see that on social media? Right. Well, you know, I don't know that I have an opinion on that. Right. You know, in fact, our missionary Irfan, uh, he posted something similar to that. And it was, it was, it was something that, that I've taught, that, that I've worked through myself. It's like, you know, it's okay to say, I don't know. We've got to accept the limitations of this world. We've got to accept the limitations that we are not going to be able, even the wisest of us, there are going to be things where we just simply say, I don't understand. I don't know why this happened. I don't know what the end game here is. I don't know what the purpose God has for this. And the sooner we get to that, the actually, the more wise we will be. This is wise living in life under the sun, is that there's some things that we just just can't explain. And again, that doesn't mean that we just we, we shut off our reasoning mind or, or anything. like that. Of course, we, we, can, we can try to search things out. And, and I spend a lot of time searching things out in the scriptures. But in the end of the day, we're not going to understand everything. We will not know or understand all of what happens in our life under the sun. And if we just accept that, Kohalath is saying, that's wisdom. That's how you live wisely is by saying there's some things that you're just not going to understand. This is a theme in the scripture. Job, he went through some difficult times, and he says this, um, or this was his friend saying to him, it was actually good what he said, can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It's higher than heaven. What can you do? It's deeper than Sheol, the grave. What can you know? He He says, you're trying to figure all this out. He says, Are you going to be able to know everything about God? Of course, this is coming from Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So what he's saying, he says, yes, God has revealed some things. And you need to act on that. And you need to obey those things. You need to do those things. But there are some things that are just secret that God has not told you. Listen, if you're a parent, you get this. There are some things that you just don't tell your kids, right, okay? So kids in here, sorry, your parents aren't telling you everything, all right? Okay, all right, all right. So they're telling you the stuff you need to know, right? Okay, but they're not telling you everything because, well, one, it's probably not in your best interest for you to know everything. And number two, here's the other thing, your parents don't know everything, okay, right? It's the secret things belong to God sometimes. We just got to accept that. We got to accept the limitations of that. And if we insist that, no, we got to figure this out, we got to know this, we're going to drive ourselves crazy. And this life under the sun is complex, but the things that we need to know has been revealed, and it revealed clearly. We need Jesus Christ we need we got the scriptures we have first peter says the scriptures in the end of scriptures we have all things necessary for life and godliness okay so you can know how to live this life in this world through the scriptures what the spirit of god teaches you through the scriptures and this is what we try to do each week we try to teach that so that we know how to live wisely like Kohal's is encouraging us to do. So we accept, okay? So we've had uh, 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 several words here so far, right? So we've had submission, right? So we submit to authority, (coughs) excuse me. We fear God. We, we joy, he commends joy even in the midst of difficulty and, 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 and sin, cursed world. We're to be joyful because we have something to be joyful about in Christ and what God has given to us and his kindness to us. We talked about accepting our limitations and now we have two more and that is perspective here. Verse two of chapter nine uh, is, it, we see, it says in uh, it is the same for all since the same event okay, happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good, to the evil, to the clean, to the unclean, to him who sacrifices, to him who does not sacrifice. As is the good so is the sinner and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil that is done under the sun that the same event happens to all. What is he talking about there? He's talking about death. He's talking about this idea that there are things that happen in, in difficulty but also death is included here what he's talking about here. How do I know that? Well he talks about death here. Look at uh, verse, the end of verse 3. Also the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness in their hearts while they live And after that, they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. So what is he saying here? He's saying, here's wisdom. You live this life through the perspective of death. Live this life through the perspective of death. That seems morbid. No, it's just being real. That's what this book is all about. This book is about just ripping facade off and just saying we're gonna have a frank conversation here. He says, You gotta live this life through the perspective of death. Death is certain. Can't escape it. That's what he's saying here in the beginning, there, verses two. He's saying, it Doesn't matter if you're good, doesn't matter if you're evil, you're gonna die. Doesn't matter if you're one who offered sacrifice, or the one who just said, Yeah, I'm not offering any sacrifices, you're gonna die. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter if you're tall, doesn't matter if you're short. Doesn't matter what what, what background you have. Doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account or don't have in your bank account, you're going to die. That's his point. He says death is certain. The same event happens to them all. Live with that in mind that we're living for a time. For a time. Death is final. We don't get another chance. This is what he's getting when he talks about a living dog is better than a dead lion. I love the line so much I just made the title of the sermon. Uh, But it was just, I just love the imagery. Although it's probably, uh, it was probably more clear to the original audience than to us. Since, you know, we're a culture that loves and reveres dogs. This culture was not, okay. Um, Basically, He's basically saying here a mangy mutt is better than a majestic lion if Fido is still alive and the lion is dead. That's what he's saying here. Because, you know, in this culture, dogs were considered scavengers. They were just, just, they were not considered pets. They were considered just like the lowest of the low. And so he's saying, you know, we have the majestic lion here that is just we're in awe of. You go to... You know, I I love seeing this video. It it was so funny. It's like there was a line at the zoo, and you know how you got the glass there and everything, and, you know, a kid was there kind of, you know, just like making faces at it and all the stuff and everything. And the line's just sitting there and everything. And then all of a sudden the line just goes like this. And he uh, <laughs> you know, runs away, you know. you know. Well, yeah, I, I, I would too. I mean, that, that glass, you know I mean? I don't know, you know. My lions are majestic. You, know, you hear them roar and they're strong and they're powerful, you know, except if they're a football team. But other than that, other than that, okay, they're, they're just these great, great animals here, okay? These wonderful animals. You have that. And then he has this mangy dog that, you know, Maybe when he has three legs <laughs> and you know his hair's all matted and you know and you know eyes are crossed and everything like this. And he's just kind of you know trotting around there. Kohel says, Well, if the lion's dead, the dog's better. All right? Right? If the lion's dead, the dog's better. You know, death is final. There's no other chances here. When you're dead, you're dead. Now again, Keep in mind here, Koheleth is not denying the existence of an afterlife. He's not talking about that. That's not his point in the conversation. We talk about death in various levels as well, right? We don't always talk about death as the gateway to eternity. We talk about, listen, you know, when I'm dead, it's done, right? That, that when we say that, we're not denying an afterlife. We're just saying, That's what we're focusing on here. This is what the author is doing. He's just focusing on the fact that when you're dead, it's done. It's final. There's no second chances here. All right? He's he's restricting his comments on death to what we experience, right? And uh, in terms of what our experience to this date is. It's like, you know, I I don't know what it's like to die. I just know that when I'm dead, I'm no longer here. And what it means for a life. Under the sun, life is—excuse uh, me—death is sudden. Here we see this in verse eleven and twelve. He says, "In due to time, I'm not going to read all of it." There, he says, "A man does." Verse twelve does not know his time. He talks about it's like a fish or a bird that's caught into a snare. Here, it's sudden. Here, you see. Here's what he's saying: the wise person lives knowing that 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 we don't know how many days we have left. And we don't wait until a later time to, know, to do what we know is right. That's foolishness. He's saying. He says, listen, you live through the perspective of death, knowing that it's going to come, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen suddenly. And, 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 and when it does, it's final, and there's no second chances. He says, live in light of that. Live with that perspective. So you, so you take advantage of those times. You have a relationship right now. Listen, I'm telling you, one of the things, and again, I, I hesitate always to give parenting advice because I'm on the front end of this, okay? But here's what I'm going to tell you from lots of, uh, of, of observation and even a little bit, of what little bit of experience I have. You take advantage of the time that you have with the kids while you got them. If you have adult children, say amen, right? Okay, you take advantage of that. Too many people are so focused on career and so focused on, on other things that are going on and, and, and they miss out there on their kids. Let me tell you, you live in life knowing that there's time is limited. I'm telling you, every person who I've ever talked with, and I've talked with a lot of people who are older, wiser, who have lived beyond me, and I always talk about this and I'll say, you know, Boy, I, I, you know, your, your kids are, you know, Wayne mentioned in, in Sunday school that both his children were in their 40s, which Beth appreciated. And so, um, but the, the idea is this, is that you talk to anyone with adult children or older shit, they'll tell you, it goes by like that. Just like that. My brother has kids that are graduated, and he, he's like, how does this happen? He's like, and I'm the same way. I'm like, I remember when they were born, twins. I remember holding them both, praying over them, it was like yesterday. You know, life is short. Live that perspective. Don't make this life all there is. That's not the point. If that's what you heard me say, then 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 we, we had a miscommunication there somehow. What I'm saying is that we are put on this earth for a reason. We have life and breath right now for a reason. But it's limited. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Live in light that death is certain and it's final. And it's going to happen when you least expect it many times. This is how we're to live wisely. We don't fear death. We don't bemoan death. And that actually leads us to the last piece of wisdom or how we live wisely under sun. And that's priority Look at verse 7. Go. Eat your bread. Enjoy. Drink your wine with a merry heart. For God has already approved what you do. Let your garments always be white. Let let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun because that is your portion of life and your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. He says, listen, listen, go, enjoy this life. Live this life. This is not certain. He's not replacing eternity with this. He's saying this is how you live wisely. You don't bemoan death. The reason why he puts it there, he's just talked about death here. He says, well, man, man, we we can just like... You know, bemoan that death is coming and, oh, you know, what's the point? He says, no, 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 go. There's a command there. He says, this is your priority. Enjoy life. Now, this is at least the sixth time in the book where Koheleth is telling us to enjoy life. And more is coming in the book. That constitutes a theme right? This is what he's saying over and over again. In fact, one author says this about verse seven here. Uh, a verse, yeah, verse seven here. He says, this is this idea of go and enjoy life. This idea here of verse nine, actually, enjoy life. He says, this is the message of Ecclesiastes in a nutshell, right here. He says, we're to enjoy this life, life under the sun, after discussing death, he brings, the, the, brings up enjoying life again because he doesn't want us to bone death. It mean, certainly allows to allow it to rob us of enjoying life. Enjoying life is approved by God, according to verse seven. You don't have to wonder about that. And enjoy life with other people, verse nine. Or do we just put up with other people? He has a special word, and he uses the illustration of spouses here. I think it could be transcending to all relationships, but he very specifically talks about a spousal relationship here. Let me just tell you this, particularly husbands, but this applies to both men and women, husbands and wives. If you're too busy to enjoy life with your spouse, your busyness is is keeping you from obeying God. In other words, you're sinning. Okay? And he says, enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your vain life. It's a short life. It's going to be over like that. So he means this vain, this mist, this vapor. Enjoy all the days. Here's the reason why that's important. Because if we're not enjoying life with our spouse, then chances are we're just using them to get to other goals and desires. Just a a partnership to get some other goal accomplished. And Again, in other words, that's sin. That's not what God has in mind for a marriage. So, we shouldn't mourn sin. And we should mourn the curse of sin's effects on this world. But we are to enjoy life. Now you may be saying here, "Well, you don't know my circumstances." Paul would say, "Yeah, I know." In Philippians four, he says, "I've learned in all things, in all situations, to be content." Wrote that from a jail cell. Let me tell you a quick story. I know, I know, I'm pressing on time, but let me let me let me just tell you this story. Um, some of you know Corrie Ten Boom, uh, concentration camp, Nazi Germany, her family. Uh, hid Jews, and was caught. And so her family was sent to a concentration camp in Germany. She had a sister, Betsy. And they were talking, and they were in this barracks. And maybe some of you have heard the story before, but they were in this barracks, and they, and they read this passage of the Bible where it said that they were to be content, and they were to rejoice in all things. And they said, well, how can we rejoice in a situation like this? How can we rejoice when it is so cramped in this barracks? And they were trying to come up with different ways. and, And Betsy was doing a little bit better job of Corey. And Corey really wasn't into it. You can read about this in her book, The Hiding Place. Later on, they find that there's fleas and lice that's just infecting them. And so they're dealing with this, and Corey says to his sister, she says, Betsy, I draw the line with lice and fleas. There's nothing to rejoice about lice and fleas. Betsy at first didn't have an answer for her. Fast forward just a little bit, they realized that no guards were coming in and disrupting them and abusing them in any way at all. And Betsy came to Corey and says, I know why we can rejoice because of lice and fleas. No guards are coming in here because they don't want to be around lice and fleas. That's cool. I don't want lice and fleas. But even that, there's something to be thankful for. There's something to see that God even brings terrible circumstances, uses terrible circumstances for good at times. You see, this is how we can enjoy life. He concludes this in verse 13 with a story. Let me read it very quickly. Verse 13 of chapter 9, he says, I've also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. He says, here's a cool story, is what he's saying. There's a little city with a few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it, in this little city, a poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. We don't know how, but just maybe it was negotiation. I don't know what it was, but he, he delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words were not heard. The words of the wise, heard and quiet, are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war but one sinner destroys much good. What is he saying there by that story? Here's the point. Wisdom won't necessarily solve all the problems in life. It's not going to take care of all the difficult circumstances, and it's not necessarily going to give you great rewards. In fact, many people just forget about you. But he says it's the best way to live in life under the sun. And he's given us many ways to live wisely. Submission fear, joy, acceptance, perspective, priority. So are we intentionally seeking wisdom in our lives? Are we imparting wisdom to other people? These are things we need to